Chris Terrell. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you for telling others about it. Thank you for the kind comments that you leave on my social media. For those of you that send me emails, thank you. I really, really appreciate it. There have been a few people that have left some written reviews of the podcast, and I would love to specifically thank you and give you all a shout out. Mick Doug, Jamba Joss NH, Captain Texas, and K Cole 2082. You all left written reviews, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoy the podcast, if you enjoy this content, please consider giving me a review on your podcasting app. It definitely helps with the algorithm and it helps to get this in front of other people. And I want to get the message out as much as I can. As I'm coming into this week, I was, I've been thinking a lot about what do I want to share? What would be a good topic to go over? And I get a lot of questions on TikTok and I thought I would take a moment for this episode and answer questions that people have had, that people have sent my way. So let's jump into this one. This question comes from Shy Is My Nam on TikTok. What low calorie breakfast would you suggest? Well, there are several that I would go to. The biggest thing with breakfast is you don't even always have to eat breakfast. Like it's totally okay to skip it if you want. For me, I found it worked best to skip breakfast most days of the week because I just wanted to shift those calories to lunch and have a little bit bigger lunch. That being said, of course, I would want to eat a breakfast. This is where I recommend taking, this is where I recommend using the strategy of ingredient swapping. Let's say you like to do breakfast sandwiches. You could switch the whole egg out for egg whites. That's going to save you a few calories. You could swap out the cheese for a lower calorie cheese or consider omitting it altogether. You could swap from regular bacon to turkey bacon. You could go from one bread to a different bread that has perhaps higher or, um, lower calories. You could even consider doing it as a wrap in like a low carb tortilla. The other option you might consider with breakfast is things like oatmeal. Now, some people don't like those. Well, then I'll spruce it up. I like to do my oatmeal by mixing in some PB2 powder, and that really can spruce it up. I'll, but to be honest, I actually still had McDonald's breakfast several times a week when I was losing weight. I, but again, using swapping, whereas before I would get a bacon, egg and cheese biscuit, which I think is like 460, 490 calories or something. I swapped that with the, with the McMuffin because that was only 390 calories or the, even the, um, the chicken McGriddle, which is under 400 calories that saved me some calories. Are these the healthiest of choices? No, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that they are. But if you wanted to eat something, this is where, again, you could look at swapping it out to a lower calorie choice. Next question. So where did you start? What is the best way to take that first step? Uh, the best first step to take is just a first step to just actually start and get going. Often so many of us are perfectionists and we want to know what steps one through 50,000 are going to be before we even take our first step. That is a recipe for getting absolutely nothing done. Instead, just start with something small. This is a lifestyle change you're going to make. So just make a small change and move forward. Make another small change and then move forward. I would recommend starting with changes you can make that are permanent, that are longer term. Don't jump from working out zero days a week to think, oh, I'm going to go work out five or six days a week. You don't know how to do that. You, you could probably like just muscle your way through that for a week or two. 
But eventually you're going to start to realize, oh my gosh, my lifestyle is not set up to do this like at all. I haven't figured out what do I do when I'm busy? How do I get to it? You're setting a standard that's so high you could never actually achieve it. I would usually recommend setting smaller goals, achieve those, and then build on them. Set a smaller goal, achieve those, and then build on them. I'm going to use running as an example. Last year during the pandemic, I started running because, uh, you know, gyms were closed. And, And I thought, okay, well, this is good. I'll just keep running. Now, I didn't research it. I didn't spend any effort looking into running or how it worked. So I was being a fool and running every day almost. And I'm north, I'm 250-ish pounds or something like that. And, oh, that, that hurt me. Whereas I should have instead just said, why don't I run three days a week and just call it good at that and then get my body used to it and then build a little bit more. And so here I am now a year later running and I'm doing that. I, I don't run as much. I run a little bit less then I add to it. Then I run a little bit more and then I run a little bit more and I'm just slowly building that has much greater success than just going a thousand miles an hour from zero. Okay. Here's a, here's another good question. This is from Mike Hall, six, two, eight. So I have been on my journey for a few years due to constantly failing. I want to ask, should a person push to hit macros, even if they are not hungry? Uh, I'm going to focus in here on the macros part of the question. There's so much about weight loss, about diet and nutrition and fitness. There's so much out information out there. It becomes information overload. It, you almost can get paralysis by analysis where you're trying to wrap your head around everything and then you end up not doing anything. I find that far too often, most of this extra information just doesn't matter for most people, especially when you're just getting started. Because let's be real, if you have 100 pounds to lose and you're just getting started, you're, you're probably not eating that healthy anyway right now. You're probably already eating way too much food as it is right now. Focusing on, oh, now all of a sudden I'm going to hit macros. That, that's not probably the highest and best use of your limited resource of time and energy, mental energy. I would instead say, just focus on calories. Just focus on reducing the number of calories that you take in. You don't need to worry about the nutrition element. That'll come later as you go. Um, and macros is one of those that I, I have not had a single weight loss client where we focus on macros in the first major part of their journeys and every single person loses weight even still. Macros is not the requirement for losing weight. Is that something you should look at at some point? Probably. I can tell you I'm at a point where I'm tracking macros, but I lost 125 pounds before I started tracking macros. So take take macros with a grain of salt. I would say if you're just getting started, focus on the calories. Okay, here we go. Someone here is asking a question. And there's a few questions that have been asked about diet drinks. Drinking your calories is not going to be something that's going to be be conducive for long-term success on a weight loss journey. You can occasionally, of course, drink calories. I, I drank coffee in the mornings and then had some calories, but I looked at it as drinking 100 calories in the morning was better than me eating 500 calories. And if I had my coffee and it was a little bit more delicious, I didn't eat as much. So that was a net benefit to me. But if you're chugging down 600 calories a day in soda, and your calorie limit is only 1900 calories, you're going to just be hungry all the time because you're not eating enough. And these calories from the soda are empty. So in this case, it would be better from a weight loss perspective to shift to diet soda than to just drink regular soda. I drank diet sodas regularly off and on. 
Now, in my own personal story, I had a problem with diet soda. Basically, if it wasn't diet soda, I didn't drink it. Um, I clear water. Why would I drink that? I could drink a diet Coke and I needed to improve my relationship there. So as in myself, I did cut out diet sodas and went to water, but the diet sodas came in and out throughout the journey. And if you're finding that you're having a hard time kicking soda, try diet sodas. It, it would be better because then you can at least have calories that you can eat. Here's a question from GC1226434. Why am I always hungry? Two hours later after dinner, I am hungry again. Ooh, good question. Um, this is where hunger management comes into play for losing weight. You, it is strongly encouraged to begin looking at which foods leave you full and which ones leave you hungry later. This is why for me, this is why I tended to lean towards eating a lot of rice, eating tortillas for lunch, because I found these really sat heavy in my stomach and they left me feeling full. If I ate something that was very protein heavy and very low on the, on the carbs, I was just really hungry several hours later for lunch. But that's, that would work for my body. As you're recording your food and you're looking in my fitness pal, make mental notes of your hunger levels and how you feel. If you notice, hey, after I eat this meal, I'm generally hungry a couple of hours later. Honestly, it's as simple as try a different meal. Try swapping different things out and see if your hunger levels go up or if they go down. You also should look at the timing of your food. When are you eating? Like what time of day? I found if I ate lunch at a predictable time every day, my hunger level was much, was, was much more manageable versus when I would skip lunch and then I would wait till I was really hungry. I would find then eating a smaller amount of food wouldn't take care of my hunger longer term. This one's from this next question. This next question is from Mike 990204. Hello, what are your favorite seasonings to use? Okay, season your food. There's no reason being on a weight loss journey that your lower calorie food should not be absolutely delicious. They should be. The key is to use plenty of seasonings. So I'm going to say use whatever you want. I have some of my personal favorites. I like the Creole seasoning. There's a, a Greek seasoning called Cavenders that I absolutely love. Um, but I'm also a pretty typical salt, pepper, garlic powder, and cayenne pepper guy. I just kind of throw that on everything. However, with seasoning, do you need to be careful because a lot of these seasoning blends will sneak sugar in. And if you look at the serving size, it'll say a, a eighth of a teaspoon is zero calories. Well, that may be because it's so small below, but if you start adding a whole ton of this stuff and you're adding multiple tablespoons, there actually could be some sugar in there that is adding up to enough calories. So just be careful of that. Read the back of your seasoning blends and see what's in them to see if there is sugar. Otherwise, season away. Some of you are going to need to pay attention to sodium. In that case, you're going to be doing that already. The rest of you, you are probably consuming a ridiculously high sodium diet right now anyway. So focus on getting your calories down and then start worrying about like, am I getting my sodium levels where they need to be? This next one is from Amanda Hope. I've been avoiding the scale. I know myself well enough to know that I get discouraged too quickly when I don't see scale results. Any advice? So the relationship with the scale is a tough one. You, you, you have to get on it. You, you have to know if you're gaining or losing weight so that you can 
adjust your weight loss program as you're going. But if you don't get on the scale, um, you could be going way off book and not, not knowing it. I do understand the fear though of like, gosh, the scale isn't moving, especially for some of you that are in a plateau. And it's just so infuriating to be like, oh, I'm doing everything right. And this scale is just not moving. In these cases, you have to really focus on your non-scale victories. Did I record my food every day? Yes. Did I stay under my cal on or below my calorie budget every day? Yes. Did I hit my exercise goals for the week? Yes. If you did all those and the scale didn't move, you have no reason to feel bad. Because there's so many reasons why the scale might not have moved. So many. It might not have moved because your sleep's been a little off. It might not have moved because you're stressed. You're really stressed that week. Or maybe your workout has slightly intensified and you've triggered a little bit of muscle growth. Maybe you're retaining a little water. For some of you females out there listening, when it comes that time of the month, I know that sometimes that can affect the scale. So don't, don't be too hard on yourself if that scale doesn't move for one or two weeks. Just go, it's okay. It'll be fine. I'm going to hold the line and focus on those non-scale victories and hold your head up high. This next one, all right, my, the next question, the next question comes from Tigger399995. Is there such a thing as too much water or too much workout? I get told all the time that I am doing too much. Uh, with regards to water, I mean, probably not. I mean, I, yeah, you probably drink too much water, but I don't, I doubt that most of you are going to have that problem. As far as the too much workout, yes, you can work out too much, but this is more of a, you're working out too hard and your body almost always is going to give you signs that you are overdoing it and that you need to cool it a little bit. And um, some of that is trial and error, as I've learned myself. However, being sore is okay. Here's how I would look at it with working out, especially if you're just getting started with resistance training. I remember, oh gosh, how many years ago is this? Ah, more, what, 10 years ago, maybe more? I went and did CrossFit for the first time and they had this on-ramp program where they're like, yeah, we're going to have you do all this stuff. And, and I remember thinking like, wow, this is a really intense workout. And I no joke could not sit down for like three or four days. And I remember thinking, gosh, this is such a good workout. This is so great. I'm so glad I did this. And I never went back because it hurt so much. I couldn't physically go back for like a week. And looking back, this trainer had no idea what they were doing. They had no business having me work out that hard. Because if you work out that hard, that is overdoing it. If you can't move your muscle two days later, getting something called DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness, if you're getting that, you overdid it. Now, it's okay. It's not going to be the end of the world. Just know that when you go back next time, back off a little bit. Don't work out quite as hard. You should feel some soreness. You should be aware that you did something, but you shouldn't be so sore that you can't move. And if you're ever feeling pain, I'm not talking discomfort. I'm talking like, Ooh, wow. I'm feeling like this sharp stabbing pain. Stop. Don't keep pushing the whole no pain, no gain thing. People can take that too far. Um, so listen to your body, focus on doing exercises in a safe way. And chances are, you're probably not going to work out too much. Next question comes from futun.el. I've been trying to diet for so long now, but always seem to have those days where I binge. What do I do and tell myself to stop that voice and habit? There's so much that goes into the psychology behind binging. There's so much that goes into why we binge, why we don't binge. 
and I cannot possibly cover them all in just a few moments, but I can cover a couple of them quickly. One of them is if you're doing a diet that is highly restrictive, that is inviting the notion of binging. If you're constantly telling yourself, no, you can't have something, 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 what is it you think that you want? You're going to want to have that thing. Why? Because you're thinking about it all the time. If you're thinking, oh, I can't have carbs. Oh my gosh. Oh man, I could really go for some bread right now. Wow, wow, my gosh, I would love to have some pasta. If you're constantly thinking about carbs, you're going to be constantly wanting carbs. It is amazing how different it is when you go on a proper seco diet where you do not restrict foods, how all of a sudden it becomes so much easier because you're like, oh, I could have whatever I want. I'm just not going to. So I would recommend if you're binging is making sure you're not doing something that is highly restrictive and making sure you're not having to do something that's relying on brute willpower where you are denying yourself whole categories of foods. I find it amusing where I'll post something on TikTok and somebody will respond, oh, you caught me while I was eating a Reese's. That's fine. You can eat a Reese's. There's nothing wrong with that. I would regularly, at the end of the day, sit down and eat chocolate while I was watching TV. Now, the difference is I made the conscious choice to go get the chocolate, to weigh out 200 grams, to put it into my fitness pal and go sit down and eat it with no guilt and being completely happy and enjoy my chocolate. You can eat what you want. You just need to take ownership of the food. Okay, thank you so much for listening. If you like these uh, question and answer style uh, podcasts, I can do more of these as we go. Uh, the best way to give me that feedback would be to go to my TikTok channel. I always post a posting announcing, hey, the new episode is coming out. That is the best way to give me direct feedback on a specific episode. I am considering uh, adding some more community options, maybe a, red, a subreddit or a Facebook group um, where people could give more direct feedback on, on the podcast. Cause I want to, I want to get, I want to hear more from you all. I want to hear more on what you think, what you'd like to hear and what would be beneficial for you on your journeys. And if you are unaware, I do offer one-on-one -on -one weight loss coaching. If you are interested in that, you can go to my website, which is christerrellcoaching.com. I offer a six-week onboarding program that takes you from zero to dieting, feeling confident, not feeling overwhelmed, feeling, and you're feeling in control. And, you know, probably will have lost a little weight along the way as you go. I also offer one-on-one -on -one standalone coaching sessions if you're looking for those. If you would like some help in getting maybe pushing past a plateau or finding some ways to craft a seco-based diet that works for you and your lifestyle, or if you need some help with some mindset stuff, you're dealing with failure, you're dealing with trying to just find the motivation to start. You can always schedule a session with me to do that. You can go to christerrellcoaching.com to get more information. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for sharing the podcast. And remember,